This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Molly Weisenberg. Whoops. Not, not no, how we start. that's not how we start the show. <laughs> no, let's let's uh, let's get more more <laughs> I think what you mean is I'm Mara Lyason. <laughs> and I'm I don't know who else is on uh, NPR. Carl Rove. Castle. That's yep. the wrong person. Carl okay. Castle is the right person. Yes. Oh, yeah. Let- I'm, I'm Molly. And I'm Matthew. And this is Spilled <laughs> Milk, the show where our producer is going to kill us for messing up the intro. And you can't have any. <laughs> okay. I hope this is someone's first episode of I the hope show. So They're too. like, I heard about this new podcast, Spilled Milk. I think of what is going on. <laughs> Why? But it's hosted by Mara Elias. And Carl Castle, who is, who is hosting the show despite being dead. Wow. <laughs> He is phoning us from the beyond. Wow. What an honor that he decided to call into our show. Well, didn't he like leave voicemails for people? That's Wasn't right. Wasn't that a Carl that, Castle on, thing? On, uh, wait, wait, don't tell me like you could get a voicemail from Carl Castle. Yeah. For all I know, he's still doing it. Okay. Great. Well, today we're talking about cranberry juice. As you might expect from that <laughs> intro. Um, uh, yeah. You know, uh, happy holiday season, everybody. Let's talk about cranberry juice. Yeah, I think this was I think this fell out of our recent cranberry episode when we realized we hadn't done a cranberry juice episode mm-hmm. and you and you were like let's do it yeah I was like let's not let's not mess around let's not wait let's do it yeah let's not put it off like we like we've been doing with spaghetti let's not wait until we too have to call in from uh, from, from the, the beyond yeah. <laughs> to record this no uh Matthew which to be clear I will oh God <laughs> I will haunt you right <laughs> Okay, so Matthew, I, I want to start out by sharing my memory lane, Please which is do. Uh, so I, I grew up. Well, for me, I, so I did grow up. Okay, good. <laughs> unlike some people, uh, I'm for working me, on it. For me, uh, cranberry juice is synonymous with the brand Ocean Spray. Of course. Does Ocean Spray even make anything else? They make uh, ruby red grapefruit juice. They make craisins. Oh, uh, these are all still kind of yeah adjacent. Yeah, I mean, the, somehow the grapefruit juice. I'm I'm Carl Castle, and I'm uh, calling to tell you about grapefruit juice. Uh, no, it was it was uh, his wonderful diction. It, yeah, somehow grapefruit juice seems adjacent to cranberries. I agree. 
<laughs> That's what I was trying to say. Thank you. Thanks. Okay. Uh, so when I was a kid, the one that I liked best was Cran Apple. You know, there was a whole bunch of like Cran hyphen stuff going Absolutely. on. Absolutely. And there's more than there's ever been. Really? Yeah. Like uh, there's like Cran Pomegranate, which I didn't get. I just got some classics. Seems, that seems redundant. Like Because they're like, kind of the like same sour, anyway. Like sour, sour. Yeah. There's cran grape that we had that when we were a kid, but cran yeah, raspberry. Now there's now there's like all kinds of like diet versions, no, like no, but no. yeah, but I got I got just some of the ones we remember from our childhood. So the main juice actually in my household growing up, and we did keep juice around all the time, was cran apple. Full uh, stop. Yeah, and I think I have a theory about cran apple that we'll get into when we start drinking the stuff. Okay, mine. I was never a big fan of cran apple. And, huh. But I didn't. I wasn't really into apple juice at all as a kid. I don't know why. Okay. Um, I still could kind of take it or leave it. But I I loved the original cranberry juice cocktail. And then I kind of remember when they introduced cran raspberry, which must have been like the late '80s, early '90s, and really liked cran raspberry. I don't know that I've tasted it since I was a kid. I can still imagine what cran apple tastes like. And to me, cran apple is the flavor of cranberry juice. Okay. And for me, cranberry juice cocktail is the flavor of cranberry juice. I think that as a young child, I was afraid of cranberry juice cocktail. It seemed like too sour. That That's what I was going to say about cran apple. I think cran apple is a much milder version of cranberry juice cocktail. Uh, I, by the time I was old enough to drink a Cosmopolitan, which we will be talking about in which just a moment. Which I don't think I've ever had. By that point, I was like full steam ahead with cranberry juice cocktail. Okay. I was I was on board. Yeah, so I drank a ton of Ocean Spray as a kid. Um, I loved cranberry juice cocktail. Uh, it was one of my favorite juices. I don't think we like kept it around all the time. I think it was more of like a special treat, but I sure loved that stuff. Why is it called cranberry juice cocktail? Oh, you want to get into this? Okay. Yes. So... Let me quote from Wikipedia. Quote, the term cranberry juice cocktail or cranberry juice blend refers to products that contain about 28% cranberry juice with the remainder either from other fruit juice concentrates, typically grape, apple, or pear, water, and added sugar to improve palatability. But I looked at the hmm. ingredient label of, of uh, Ocean Spray Cranberry Juice Cocktail, and it's just cranberry juice, water, sugar, and like natural colorings and preservatives. So is cranberry juice... So I, I think I've always thought of cranberry juice cocktail as like the basic cranberry juice. Yeah, I think so too. And I also got 100% cranberry juice for us oh, to try. Oh, that doesn't have any that water doesn't or have sugar. any water. So the thing I realized okay. is... Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip ahead a little bit in the agenda here. Can I have permission? Oh, fine. Back in the... 80s, let's see, yeah, the mid-80s, Congress was considering legislation to require all juice manufacturers to put the percentage of real juice on their bottles. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. the Ocean Spray Collective lobbied vigorously against this because they did not want to put on their cranberry juice cocktail label 20 contains 27% juice. Mm -hmm. They lost, and they do have to put that on the bottle now. But I feel like they sort of had a point because, like, fruit juices like very widely in how watery they are, right? It's kind of, it's not really kind of cranberry's fault that cranberry juice is an incredibly intense concentrated juice that you don't want to drink straight. Yes. <laughs> Compared but it, to like watermelon juice. But at the same time, I do imagine that like people who had been buying cranberry juice cocktail for a long time thinking they're drinking juice. Sure. In the same way that like fresh squeezed orange juice yeah, is juice. Yeah, I get it. They were probably like, what? So I'm actually drinking like sugar water with some cranberry flavor? Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's true. I mean, they do add sugar to it. So yeah, so I guess I guess they 
probably deserve to lose that one. Well, okay. So I think we need to, at this point, start tasting. I think we should. Yeah, I'm excited. So in the cheese plate philosophy, we would begin with pure cranberry. Okay, but but like, like uh, isn't that like starting with like like Roquefort? Because the pure cranberry right. is going to be so strong. I think we should start with cranberry juice cocktail. Okay, and okay. Maybe okay. do pure cranberry either last, last or next. I'm torn. Yeah. Let's start with okay. cranberry juice cocktail. Because I, I think that, yeah, pure cranberry, you're right, would be like starting uh, with Roquefort. Great. I'm so glad that I said that. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew, did you buy all Ocean Spray products today? Yeah, I did. It's interesting because, yeah, I feel like if I were heading out to buy cranberry juice, I might buy cranberry juice cocktail in like a generic form. But I don't think I would buy like a cranberry fruit juice. I don't think I would buy any other brand but Ocean Spray of like a a blend. Yeah, I looked at like the store brands and like some like naturalish knockoff brands. But like I, I felt like I had to go with the original. Okay, this is a beautiful color that comes really partly, beautiful. I think, from like beet juice extract. But mm. oh, that's so it's good! It's so good! It's so good! It even has that like tannic quality that cranberries yes. have. Oh, yeah, man. this is a brilliant product. God, I love that stuff. Ooh, so good. When I was typing up uh, like stuff on the agenda, I kept my fingers kept wanting to write cranberry juice. <laughs> <laughs> which, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is nothing, but but it sure was fun to say. Oh, man. Okay, that's really tasty. Mm-hmm. So, okay, speaking of Ocean Spray, do we have any interesting corporate history, Matthew? We do. Okay, so Ocean Spray is a, is a grower's cooperative. So it's like 700 different farmers, like, working together under one corporate umbrella mm-hmm. for l- largely for, like, marketing and distribution purposes. They are real good at marketing. To, to the extent that I didn't consider any other brands today. They have uh, members in uh, the U.S., Canada, and Chile. Okay. Uh, the headquarters is in Plymouth, Massachusetts, and they sell about 80% of the world's cranberries. Wow. Yeah. That is a huge market share. Yep. That's wild. Um, so Ocean Spray was founded in 1930, and they introduced cranberry juice cocktail the same year. Wow. Okay, so cranberry juice cocktail was like the uh, the flagship store. The flagship, yeah. the, the flagship product, the flag. Yeah, they ra- they raised a uh, a flag, a red flag. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> which man. probably means something bad happened, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and okay. And what do you call it when it's like the signature product? The uh, what? What do you call it when it's like the the central? Like uh, I like signature product. Okay, <laughs> we'll we'll come up with it. Okay. Um, there, uh, can you can you imagine if like we were that successful with our first product? What was our first product? Our children? Was, yeah, or the fried egg episode? Oh, the fried egg episode. Oh God, I can't even imagine going going back and listening to it. <laughs> we we literally did an episode where we went back and listened to it. <laughs> <I forgot. laughs> Whoops. Um, okay, uh, they uh, then then I guess like the depression hit because uh, then the next thing I could find on their on their corporate timeline was that they introduced Cran Apple in 1963. Uh, so 33 years later, I tried to figure out when Cran Raspberry was introduced, but I remember it happening. So it must have been the late 80s, early 90s. Okay, and I note that you did not find the dates for like Cran Grape. Cran, no, um, I, I do have one other coming up that okay. I tried to find and could not find at the store. Okay, uh, they were the first company to market the juice box. Really? Yeah, 
maybe I had cran apple juice boxes as a kid. I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, I, I, I remember the sensation of drinking cranberry juice cocktail or maybe even cran apple through the, the little tiny straw from the juice box. I do too. Right? I do too. My, uh, my mouth is going to be so wet from this for this acidic juice <laughs> for this episode. So you're welcome. Wow. Is it making your mouth really wet? It's making it. Yeah. I'm, I'm salivating all over the place. Wow. I hadn't noticed that, but now I'm going to start paying more attention. Okay. Um, okay. Oh, hold on. We mentioned in the cranberry episode that uh, that sometimes... <laughs> bless you. <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, that was so cute. <laughs> okay. So that uh, cranberries, they need a, a fair amount of sun to turn red. And so some cranberries are harvested uh, white or like pale pink. And that would be what is used to make white cranberry juice. Yes. And I tried. They and, introduced white cranberry juice cocktail in 2002 to be like a less tart uh, mm. choice. Mm-hmm. I could not, like, I, I found the place on the shelf for it, and I found, like, white cran peach, I think, but that didn't sound appealing to me. Mm-hmm. So I did not get the white cranberry juice cocktail. Okay. Um, a thing I was going to say about about my uh, cute little sneezes is um, <laughs> I uh, sometimes at work people ask me if I will, like, sing a particular song because mm-hmm. they know I like to sing songs. And uh, my, my coworker Dave asked if I would sing uh, Hallelujah, the Leonard Cohen version. Okay. And I'm like, Dave, have you heard how high my yeah, voice is? I was going to say. I cannot do that. Yeah. It would sound ridiculous. That would be amazing. You'd be like, oh. <laughs> it would be, yeah, it would sound exactly like. Mm-hmm. what Molly just said. That's right. Uh, so, okay, we've been talking about cranberry juice cocktail, but I want to talk also about cocktails made with cranberry juice. I would love to talk about that. And can we can we like grab another let's couple grab another. of juices? Yeah, let's yeah. grab another couple juices. So what does it mean to get juiced? <laughs> like, like when Bob Dylan sings about like uh, something about school, but you know you only used to get juiced in it. What does that mean? First off, I think we've talked about this on the show yeah, before. Yeah, but I've forgotten. I, I don't think we came to a conclusion. Like, I've got Bob in my Rolodex. I'm going to call Bob. Okay. And ask him what he meant. But I think probably just like spilling juice on yourself. I want to. Let's do cran apple I want to do cran apple first. I think that yes. cran apple to me feels like a more uh, sort of uh, or mellow product. I think it is. And here is my evidence, like before I even taste it. So wife of the show, Lori said, hey, like, okay, we know that cranberry juice cocktail is 27% juice. Is cran apple just a mixture of cranberry juice and apple juice? So it's going to be 100% juice? Oh, no. If you look on the label, it is 15% juice. Wow. This is the flavor of my childhood. And it's very apple-y. It's very apple-y. And it's like... It's milder than apple juice, I think. I, I get almost no cranberry flavor. Yeah. This is this is like reddish apple juice. I, it's not bad, but No, it's, no, it's not bad. I mean, I wouldn't kick it out of bed. But I, uh, yeah. It's, you get juiced with it? Nah, I wouldn't really get juiced with it. So let's see. Okay, I'm curious to try cranberry. I get why kids like that. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it's... Actually, the the place where I notice cranberry in it is in a little bit of tannin at the end. Yeah, I agree. Let's uh, let's crack open the cran raspberry. This one is also fifteen percent juice. Okay, you're gonna take some juice home, right? <laughs> I uh, like I want to I want to shout out uh, wife of the show Lori for being the one who fit the four bottles of cranberry yeah, juice did, did beverages not, into the fridge last night. Did they not come in smaller sizes? No, I I looked. 
believe oh God, they, this they smells... came in larger sizes. Oh dear. This smells very raspberry y. There's like a gallon size of some of these. Wow. Whoa. I don't like this anymore. I don't hate oh, it. I mean, but to it, me, it tastes like raspberry candy. No, I just want the it's too sweet for me. Like, I just want the original. It's not it's not tart enough. Oh, I mean, you know, I think it's pretty delicious, but I, I prefer it over Cran Apple. I will tell you what, like with a but squeeze it, of lime, I could I would totally yeah. go with maybe a squeeze of lime and a little soda water. I'm also going to say pellet ice. Yes. With some pellet ice. Put the pellet on. Um, I don't hate this. I mean, it's not really what I would turn to when I want cranberry juice. Yeah, I don't it's hate it either, product. but it's definitely my least favorite of the three. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. I'll take it home. Okay. Yeah. And I thought like this was like, I remember loving this when it came out and I don't think the juice has changed. I think I have changed. I think that's right. Well, I'm going to go home and, and fill my baby's baby bottles with it Smart. because that's what we're supposed to feed our nine month olds. I think that's what it says right, right here. Yeah. Yeah. Feed mm-hmm. your babies. Lots of sugary juice. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing. Like I never buy juice anymore. Like I feel, I feel like I think of myself as a person who sort of tries to be like immune to nutritional trends. And yet I do feel like when when the man said, like, we're not doing juice anymore, like it kind of sunk in. Yeah, me too. I know. But that said, uh, especially since I've been trying to drink less alcohol for the past like six months or so, I feel like a really nice substitute could be like cranberry juice, little little fizzy water, lime. Oh, yeah, that, that sounds great. In that case, I'm very, very pro juice. Yeah. No, even though even though Bob Dylan said we're not getting juiced in it anymore. <laughs> oh, you even bought ocean spray here. Yes, ocean spray, hundred percent cranberry. Okay. Wow. So what is it what does it I'm say scared. on here? Is there is there like a warning about like don't yeah, like, don't drink too much of this? Let's see. Ocean spray, pure unsweetened cranberry. It says four servings per container. Oh wow. That seems Okay, this bottle, this bottle is made from the juice of over two pounds of cranberries. Uh-huh. Okay, no, I'm excited to try this. I don't think I've ever had this before. It's much darker in color it than is. the cocktail, as you might imagine. And I think it doesn't have any artificial color. Ah! ah! <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. That's so interesting, though. Mm, wow. It tastes like if you if you take like a wow. beautiful cranberry out of a bag, you're like, I'm going to eat this. This has got to be good. And you're like, and then your mouth like dies. Wow. I can't stop. This is Wowing. so fascinating. Um, okay. This, I think, could go a long way with some sparkling water and some yeah, water. Yeah. Right? That would be great. I think it'd be very good. But I mean, this is intense. Yeah. But the idea, so it literally says four servings per container, serving size one cup, eight fluid ounces. Who could possibly drink this? That would be, like, so wild. Wouldn't you get some sort of, like, ulcer? I think you'd get every kind of ulcer. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Um, it is delicious, but it's, it's like... I don't... What... You know, okay, listeners... If what any would of you, you do with if this? any of you are big fans of pure unsweetened cranberry juice, tell us about it. What do you do with this? Maybe it could go. I was going to say maybe it could go into a punch, but no, that's what you do with regular cranberry juice cocktail. Um, I feel like there was some punch that I liked as a kid. Like 
people were always serving oh, non-alcoholic yeah. punches when we were kids, That's right? That's right. And then there was the one that you would float orange sherbet of in. Of course, yeah, with like that seven had like up? seven up. Yeah. Yeah. But I think there was another one maybe like around the holidays this that is, had cranberry juice. This is growing on me, but I think I mean, you're gonna cl- have to take me to the emergency room soon. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's it's clearly it's good. It's gonna take the enamel off but my teeth. That that actually was was a warning on the Wikipedia page. Really? Yes. It's staining yes, your teeth. Is it staining my teeth? Right. So I think I looked up and like pure cranberry juice is something like like uh, yeah a pH of two point six. So, so extremely I, acidic. Could like, I like pour this down the drain when I have a clog? Maybe you could. Wonder if I like put some in my hair and slept with it. If I'd wake up and all my hair would be burned off. Oh, oh! I thought you said if your hair would be cranberry red. Mm. I mean, certainly your bed would be. That's true. <laughs> Okay. You'd, you'd wake up and like look at the pillow and be like, did I get murdered? <laughs> Matthew, you put down here uh, that there is a drink called a Cape Cotter, which I haven't thought of in ages, and I don't think I ever really knew what it was. So... I think the Cape Cotter, like that, the term kind of dropped off in favor of vodka cranberry, mm. which I, I can more often more. It's easier to imagine someone ordering a vodka cranberry than a Cape Cotter, even though I think they're the same thing. Okay. And the the Cape Cotter, guess who popularized it? It was Ocean Spray. Oh, <laughs> um, geniuses! So there was an existing drink called the Red Devil that was served in bars in Cape Cod and elsewhere in the northeastern region, starting in the 1940s, but was not particularly well known outside the region. Mm-hmm. And so in the mid 60s, Ocean Spray started marketing the Cape Cotter cocktail. They put like ads in newspapers and magazines, and it was an immediate success. Wow! And so is it? Cocktail consisting mostly of cranberry juice cocktail with some vodka and a squeeze of lime or just lime wedge garnish. Okay. So it was the foundation on which the Cosmopolitan. Yes, was built, although I in think, a way, or... I think I think that is correct, but in a way it's sort of the opposite of a Cosmo because a Cosmo is like a little bit of cranberry juice and mostly other stuff, and a Cape Cotter could be as much as like four parts <clears throat> cranberry to one part vodka. Ah, okay. I didn't realize that it was yeah. that, that the that, proportions that's about, were that different. When, when I was looking at, at recipes, that, that's about as high ratio as you can go like some are like you know could be like two to one but it's always mostly cranberry okay well so a cosmo which i for, i totally forgot to put cosmos on the agenda and was and was roundly upbraided I, I by was. my co-host i was so uh, a cosmopolitan is cranberry juice cocktail vodka either cointreau or triple sec so some sort of orange liqueur and lime it is usually shaken and mm-hmm. served up in a martini glass. Yeah, I don't have a martini glass, but I think I have everything else. Should we, should we do Let's it? Let's make one. Let's okay, make one. Let's I'm really curious. I have not had one since like 1998. And I don't know if I've had one ever. And uh, remind me to do the shaking next to the microphone. Oh, yes. Okay. Well, whose proportions are we using? Did you? I, so this is a this is an IBA cocktail. So I think we should just use the, the official International Great. Bartending Association. Great. Let's do it. The IBA recipe calls for vodka citron. I just have plain vodka. I was surprised to find that uh, when I was doing the research for this cocktail. Um, yeah, I was surprised to find that that was sort of the standard because I had always assumed it was just plain vodka. So... I didn't put enough ice in. No, it sounds really juicy. But you know what? That's all right. It's a juicy cocktail. 
Also, I'm not shaking as hard as I should because I'm afraid of dripping on the rug. <laughs> All right. It's 1.39 p.m. on a Monday, and uh, I'm, a, I'm ready to get juiced. That looks so good. <laughs> uh, okay, cheers, Matthew. Cheers. This smells really good. I, I'm sure it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, I'm getting mostly... I can taste the bad vodka. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting mostly vodka and lime. I think I feel like the cranberry juice is like largely for color. Since it's well, it's like thirty mm. percent of of the volume. Okay, and then what percentage is uh, vodka? Like forty percent. Okay. So the origin story of this thing is disputed. I think most of us, myself included, have always thought this is like a, a modern creation. I thought it was created by uh, columnist Carrie Bradshaw. Uh, me too. Yeah. Me too. But uh, there's a recipe for it in a bartending book uh, published in 1934. Okay. Where it was called the Cosmopolitan Daisy. Cute. There are many origin stories, though, and I'm going to share <laughs> just bet. a few of them. Uh, there's an origin story that traces it to the gay community in P-Town. All right. That makes sense. Provincetown, Mass. Yeah. Uh, my, my ancestral homeland. Uh, there is also another origin story that says that a bartender named Neil Murray created it in 1975 at the Cork and Cleaver Steakhouse in Minneapolis. He says that he added a splash of cranberry juice to a kamikaze. And the first taster declared, how cosmopolitan. Sure. Here's another. Uh, some cocktail historians credit the bartender Cheryl Cook of the Strand Restaurant in South Beach, Florida, with creating it in 1985 or 86. Uh, there's more. Anyway, it became really popular in the 90s because Madonna was spotted drinking one in oh, 1996. I think I remember that. And it was later frequently mentioned on Sex in the City. It's, it's what Carrie Bradshaw ordered whenever she was out with her her ladies was this in the madonna movie truth or dare i feel like i brought this movie up recently for some i've never reason. seen it I, oh i've seen it oh wow i haven't thought about this in so long i don't remember like whose house this was at or like how we had access to a hot tub because i don't think i had hot tub friends but like some of my friends i sat in a hot tub and watched truth or dare on like a tv near the hot tub Wow. Isn't that Matthew, awesome? That's and, pretty and we, awesome. And we were like very proud of ourselves. And I mean, wasn't Truth or Dare like really racy, like the eyes wide shut of its year? That is certainly how it was marketed. But it like, wasn't. It was it was a Madonna concert film in which like she takes her bra off at one point. <laughs> As I recall, it, okay. was, it was not as racy as any of us like, you know, hormonal teenagers wished it was. Yeah. Yeah. OK, fair but enough. I think it was a good concert movie. Great. Matthew, what about the old the old uh, wisdom that cranberry juice is good for your urinary tract system? Unfortunately, your, your this urinary is, tract system. Yes. There's uh, a whole system of urinary tracts. <laughs> yeah, I have like several. In your body. <laughs> <laughs> well, you wondered where sweat comes from? All um, those urinary tracts. We have tracks. bad news. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, unfortunately, this was this was a thing. Uh, I think it's still a thing that uh, that you hear, but has been thoroughly debunked. Like the the acid from cranberry juice just doesn't penetrate that far when you drink it. I I would think it would be <laughs> radically altered by mm -hmm. one's stomach and one's intestines. Probably doesn't hurt. Actually, wait a minute. You're your urine <laughs> is it is the urinary tract connected to the intestines no <laughs> i'm trying to no. remember oh yeah i don't remember either i don't remember at what point things get shunted off like at what point does the the, the kidneys well the blood yeah the blood well, gets the, filtered through the through kidneys. kidneys and and then is and then is emitted as urine right but at what point 
Oh, it's the blood. It's not the food. It's not the food. But I mean, oh my god! So you would have to get cranberry juice in your blood. But but obviously, <laughs> things you things you drink can certainly affect your urine. By sure. A, yeah. All right. Cool. So we solved that one. Wow. <laughs> still, I'm still feeling confused. But anyway. Matthew, this is this is the the illusion of explanatory depth. Have you ever heard this term? No. This is something my dad no. and I were talking about the other day. It's the it's that feeling when like you're like I know how a bicycle works, obviously, and then you try and explain it, and you're like, shit, I do not know how a bicycle works. <laughs> well, but so hold on, what's the illusion part? The, of the it? illusion is that you have convinced yourself that you know how something works because like you have experience with it or have learned it once before, or it just kind of seems obvious, and then when you try to explain it or draw it, then then you realize how much you don't know. Okay. It's like, it's related to the idea that like to really understand something you need to teach it. That's sort of why that's true because like you will in your own mind gloss over the parts you don't know until you try and explain it to someone else. Mm-hmm. And that is us and the digestive system. There we go. The, you mean the urinary tract system. The urinary system. tract system, yes. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm, oh. trying, I'm trying to get more urinary tracts installed. Like... <laughs> It's like how some people want to have six-pack abs. I want to have six urinary tracts just, like, busting out all over. (laughs) You'd be like a shower head. (laughs) I would be, like, the world's worst shower head, yes. You think, think like, a low-water pressure, like, drippy, drippy (laughs) drippy-ass shower head is the worst? Oh, no, I can do way worse than that. Okay. Okay. So that was obviously our cranberry juice episode. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Matthew, we have some spilled mail. I would love to hear it. So this is from listener Robin. That's Robin with an I. Hi, Matthew and Molly. Two questions occur. Oh, so you mean it's not Robin the singer is what you were getting at. <laughs> That's okay, exactly great. what I was getting at. Yeah. Okay. Hi, Matthew and Molly. Two questions occurred to me as I was in the kitchen this morning. As I was putting away dishes that had dried overnight in the dish rack, my Le Creuset Dutch oven almost slipped from my hands onto the tiled floor. Yep. Luckily, I caught it in time. It makes me full body shiver to think of the Dutch oven cracking or cracking the floor tiles or breaking my toes. This makes me wonder, do you have any recurring kitchen nightmares, such as potential accidents or hazards that make you recoil in horror at the thought of them? On a happier note, what's your favorite food packaging? I love this transition Mm -hmm. here. For me, it's definitely metal tomato or anchovy paste tubes that you pierce with a pointy bit on the outside of the cap. Yep. It's so satisfying to open them and then squeeze out the perfect amount of tomato paste. Thank you, as always, for your show. I look forward to it every week. Yeah, we have one of those tubes in uh, in the fridge right now. I used it the other day. Very satisfying. Um, It's so great. I really only ever use it for tomato paste, but it's so gratifying. Also to like not keep wasting this can. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, there's way too much tomato paste in a tomato paste can. Oh, yeah, 100%. It should be one tablespoon. (laughs) That's right. Uh, Okay, potential accidents or hazards. I mean, I I guess like puncturing one of my urinary tracts would be right up there. (laughs) Okay, so I have a real answer to this. This has happened to me in the kitchen multiple times that I there's like a steak knife 
in the in like the the silverware cup yep. of the of the dish drainer and as i'm like pulling something else out i flip it out of there and two separate times it has landed stuck into the linoleum floor like standing up and i'm like oh that could have been my foot yeah i have definitely dropped so this is one reason why i don't like leaving sharp knives in the dish drainer like I will always dry them off and put them away right away. You think you're you think you're better than me? I do because you're off. Uh, I do, except my spouse leaves them in, in the dish drainer all the time. No, I'm the culprit in this house. Uh, I have dropped sharp knives multiple times, and I am not somebody who is always working in the kitchen with closed-toed shoes. No, me neither. Uh, and it is always terrifying. I've never actually hurt myself. But every time I feel like I have had a brush with a life altering event. Yeah, because absolutely. I have um, another one that uh, like literally it's a literal recoil in horror because I did this recently um, and luckily like recoiled quickly enough that it wasn't a serious injury is you put a cast iron pan in the oven, oh. like bacon, baking something real hot <sighs> in there. And then you're like, oh, I'm going to grab this pan by the handle. And yes. uh, like as you're starting to touch it, like ah! Mm-hmm. That was exactly the sound I made. Ash was reminding me the other day of some burns that I got from making toffee a couple of years ago. Oh, I can see that. Uh, and the burns were like on the inside Ooh. of my arm. It was like a splash. But the beautiful thing about the human memory is I don't really remember it. <laughs> but you just did. Well, but Ash was describing it to me and oh. I was like, huh? Yeah. I mean, I, I remember that I burned myself and that I had, uh, you know, kind of this like, I mean, it definitely like bubbled up. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't remember the pain. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there are any other things that like haven't happened in the kitchen but could and I worry about them. No, I try I and mean, like live in a dream world. I've never like dropped a full pot of something liquid. Yeah, that, that would be real bad. I mean, that just sounds terrible. Not only having to clean up liquid from like everywhere, but also having it be boiling hot liquid. Yeah, that would that yeah, like dumping hot liquid on myself. That that's probably the worst. First one. Well, yes. I mean, you would be seriously right. injured. So, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe I should like stick to like cold soups from now on. Probably. Okay. <laughs> Matthew, what you snacking? Hey, what you snacking? You gotta tell me what you're snacking. Or I'll release the kraken. So what you snacking? What you snacking? I don't think I've talked about this one on the show before. There is a brand of granola called Love Crunch. I think you've, haven't you talked about it? Have I talked about it before? I don't know. All right. Well, maybe on the granola episode. Anyway, I'm eating Love Crunch uh, peanut butter chocolate granola. It's it's, great with milk. It's great by itself as a snack. I also just like the name because as as we have long said, uh, my love for the crunch is fierce. That's right. That was from the milkshakes episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm snacking, but I'm just snacking on the usual stuff. Okay, yeah. great. Our producer is Abby Circatella. That's right. And you can rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, and you can uh, talk to other other spilled money. Wait a minute. We didn't talk about our favorite food packaging. We oh, need to go no. back. Oh, we got to okay. go back. Okay. All right. okay. You, thought, you thought the show was over, but it <sighs> is not. not. It is not over. Uh, you know, for some reason, what's coming to mind for me is my least favorite food packaging. Oh, me too. Like the like the goldfish bag, right? Oh, the goldfish bag is so dumb. On the other hand, you know what's really good is the goldfish carton. Like when you buy a big one. Yes and no. the The problem is like it gets stale too fast because it doesn't actually close. Mm, 
ours hasn't gotten stale and we've had it for a while. Okay. Uh, okay. My least favorite packaging is, so when I buy either Strauss plain yogurt or like the Trader Joe's, like European style mm-hmm. whole milk plain yogurt, a lot of yogurts, frankly, a lot um, of yogurts. you, you take off the plastic lid and then there's a thin sheet of plastic that's like adhered to the container and you peel that off. Oh yeah. But yogurt always sticks to it and it often also tears when you're pulling it off. It doesn't come off cleanly. I hate it. Okay. The question was about favorite food. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um no that's that's okay. You know what? Okay. One of my favorite food packagings is when they introduced the peel-off Oreo I was about to say that. That, that was brilliant. Like that, because Oreos really do get stale instantly if they're exposed to air, and that really works. It I, really reseals. I was just remembering when we did an Oreo episode, and I'd never encountered that packaging before. Oh, and you, and you remember the I, end? And yeah. yeah, and like I got so mad, I, I stormed out, and then I realized we recorded at my house. Yeah. I wish that they used that packaging for graham crackers, because mm-hmm. graham crackers get stale instantly. And they're always just in that little sort of crinkly plastic sleeve, and it's pointless. Yeah, totally. Okay, but my favorite packaging, gosh, I do think the peel and stick is great. Yeah, I stole, I stole your Oreo. Um, like, what makes, what makes food packaging great? It's like that it lets you dispense the amount you want, or that it's easy to reseal in a useful way, right? Right, I mean, that it counts, that, that it reduces waste, I think. Yeah, Maybe the best packaging is no pack, And that you don't get your hands dirty, I think, too. Yeah, because, like, uh, yeah, I keep thinking of bad ones also. Because, like, the, yeah. the good ones you don't notice because they're just doing their job. And it, it's not fair. We should notice them. I mean, like, I feel quite torn, for instance, about buying the uh, squeeze thing of Hellman's mayonnaise or Best Foods mayonnaise as opposed to the tub where you unscrew the top. Sure. The squeezy thing, so much better. So much better. However, I feel like there's always some weird squeezy stuff you can't get out of there. Of course. Yeah. And that bothers me. Um, one other that I really like, of course, I'm going to name a Japanese thing. Oh, fine. There's a, there's a brand called uh, Meiji the Chocolate that is sold at convenience stores in Japan. I think I've seen it like at a Wajimaya. I think maybe. so, too. It comes in like a, pay, a cardboard box that uh, you like lift the tab and then there are these little individually wrapped chocolate squares inside. So So satisfying. So pleasing. Okay. All right. uh, Anyway, talk to other people, everythingspilledmilk.reddit.com. And until next time, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. Two hosts, 14 urinary tracts. (laughs) I'm Molly Weisenberg. And I'm Matthew Hamster Burton. Here I am, just talking and talking and talking. <laughs> Boopy doopy doo 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 Have you guys gotten your Bon Maman uh, advent calendar? Not doing it this year. You're not doing it this year. Did you did you make a decision together? Did you sit down and, and talk about what advent calendars you were doing? Yeah, it was it was the most uh, intense family meeting we've ever had. Wow. This is a scintillating conversation. I had no idea.